0: Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori, so let's get right into it. Q, you owe me some push-ups, man. Damn, that that's actually accurate. I do. And why do
1: I owe you push-ups? Let's let's let this be known to the to the listeners why
0: I have to do push ups. Oh, because you lost. You you were betting on the Packers. And I believe the Packers lost. Do you want to remind us if they won or lost? Yeah, that's
1: uh that's correct. You know, it was a, a tough fought game. The Packers uh, didn't didn't pull through and You know, you win some, you lose some. That's the way it goes. Only one team ends up victorious, you know, in in these associations. So, yeah. (laughs) Shout out out to Brady. You know, it's hard to bet against the GOAT. If there was anyone that I would not want to bet against, it would be that guy. And unfortunately, I had to choose between Green Bay, you know, the home team. Not necessarily my favorite team, but I was going to ride with the Wisconsin, you know, the Cheeseheads. And I had to bet against Brady, the last thing you want to do in the NFL.
0: But shout out to the GOAT. The better team won. And nobody wanted to see the Packers in a Super Bowl, bro. Like, that's a lie.
1: That's a, that's a big lie.
0: A, a very small percentage of the U.S. wanted to see the Packers in the Super Bowl. A very, very tiny, small percentage that liked terrible colors. I mean, just from a viewer's standpoint,
1: obviously... It's gonna be more viewed just seeing Brady in the Super Bowl and also his entourage. You know, Mike Evans with his first appearance. You know, Antonio Brown gets to gets to go Gronk
0: again. You, you know, it's interesting. Le'Veon and Antonio Brown will both be in the Super Bowl without Big Ben. Yep.
1: Then you know you got new guys like Leonard Fournette. You know, it's a it's an interesting cast over there in in Tampa and. You know, I'm, I'm happy for those guys to be able to experience that with a, an elite quarterback like Brady himself. Well, so, man. Let
0: me, so let me do these push-ups, and you can – uh, you can, you know, <laughs> We go. can do them off, Cam. We don't need to make the <laughs> listeners hear you huffing and puffing. I'll, I'll let them know if you did them or not. I know you're going to do them. You're good for them. Let's yeah. jump into the college hoops. So there's something that's really cool going on right now. Bob C- Cousy, point guard award. Uh for the best point guard in the nation, uh, the top 10 was just relief. And three guys have Minnesota ties in it right now, which I think is super cool. McKinley Wright um, out of Colorado. He's from Champlain Park. He's been killing the Pac-12. He was 2017, Mr. Minnesota Basketball. Man, he's just been a beast over there. I think he broke a bunch of Shauncee Billups records. Um, and everybody knows Jalen Suggs, killing it at Gonzaga, uh, five-star recruit out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, he's been killing the WCC, and he had that crazy 27 points against, uh, at the time, number three-ranked Iowa. Um, I think, he, like, a couple games before that, too, he messed up his ankle. I don't know if you remember that or not, but he came back out and just dominated.
1: Yeah, I do remember that, and it's uh, it's phenomenal that Minnesota has bred, you know, some elite talent. You know, that is in projections for that uh, those NBA talks early. And, you know, they, they got to their teams. They're, they're making, making some noise from the gate. And it's fun to see them, you know, getting those uh, accomplishments and accolades early, you know, just being in the in the talks and the runnings. That means they're doing something right. So good to see those guys. And I'm, I'm impressed with the performances they've put on so
0: far. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been incredible. And then, of course, we got uh, the gopher zone, Marcus Carr. You know, the cool thing about him was he wasn't even in the top 20 watch list going into this year for this award. Um, he's a three-star uh, recruit. He's from Canada. He played at Mount Verduck Academy with R.J. Barrett. Uh, he didn't play his junior year because I believe he tore his ACL. Um, but he killed it his senior year, went to Pitt. With, uh, and then he transferred because the coach, I think, got fired. He might have got fired. He got a new job. I can't remember. But then he transferred to the U of M, and that's how we got him. And I know he was entering into the draft last year, but then withdrew because of the weird pandemic year. And thank God, because he's killing it for the Ghosts. Yeah,
1: that's uh, that's interesting that he was left off of that list, just because I mean, I thought just from the performances I've seen him play last year, like he has a ton of potential, and the kid can hoop. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's in a good system where he has the you know the leeway to kind of you know lead his team as he's supposed to as a point guard and. You know, he, he, he competes. That kick and ball. I like his game. i very surprised he was left off of that list. But um, kind of to piggyback on the last thing we said about Suggs, um, I did have to mention that I have a futures ticket for Gonzaga winning it all. Plus 300 odds. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I like it. Just because, I mean, they have the complete team. All those kids can score. Their IQ is high. They have a
0: a solid coach who goes deep into the tournament every year. I think this is their year. You know, I think it's really going to come down to Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham for that award. But, yeah, I, I like I like Jalen's shot at taking it to the you know, to the finish line and, and getting a shot at a Natty Chant. I mean, anything can happen. I, I do like his odds, though. Yeah, it's just interesting to me because, you know, only
1: when I thought about these other teams that are competing in, the, in these top ten, you know, tier of teams. And I'm looking at them, and the only team that I think would be able to compete with them really is an Iowa, a Villanova, you know, one of those teams. But they beat Iowa already. You know, they they smacked them. So it's who else is it? And Texas is a good team as well. And I'm starting to really think about these, like, old-school powerhouse teams. Like, Duke is normally ranked top 25. They're going through it this year. Kentucky, they're usually ranked. They're going through it. It's like, what? Which teams are really gonna pop out of nowhere and be a contender for Gonzaga? You know, Virginia's solid. They're 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 still in the top twenty-five, but you know, the names that you you normally see aren't in the the rankings right now. So I mean, Michigan State is a quality team as well. Wisconsin's in like the top fifteen, and I'm not uh, not too sure about their play to be, you know, one of those Final Four type of teams. But Gonzaga, man,
0: that's, I think it's their You know, the other thing, too, let's uh, segue into NBA. The Wolves are still looking god-awful. Um, not really following the game plan, no discipline. Obviously, something's wrong with the culture over here. I don't know what it is. I mean, you hear guys who we've talked to personally that are former Wolves players and things like of that nature. And they say, it's just something in the water over here. I don't know. I don't know if Minnesota can have nice things. I don't know, man. I definitely
1: have uh, those concerns for, for the team as well. And, you know, it just seems like the energy level, the effort levels, they're just, they're not there. And, you know, the consistency, you know, there's some nights they, they do play well. You know they do look like a solid team. You know they're getting those defensive stops. They're making you know those threes they they normally aren't making right now. So it's it's different seeing them play and then watching these other other teams. But you know there's there's
0: always going to be growing pains. Yeah, very true. Uh, Karis Levert had that successful surgery to remove that cancerous lump from his kidney. Potentially that trade saved his life. So knock on wood, that's pretty awesome. Hopefully he's in the clear moving forward. Um, Johnny Wall is pretty excited to face his former team, the Wizards, who are counting them out. So I wonder if he's going to light it up. What do you think about that game? This is actually the only game that I'm on tonight.
1: Um, (laughs) It's a pretty short NBA schedule tonight. I think it's only three games on the the board. And this was the one I circled. I think the Knicks and Jazz play, who cares about that game? And uh, I forgot the other matchup, but Wizards and Rockets. I think you know it's going to be a very you know intimate battle. You know I think John Wall is going to prove you know you guys let me go, and he has that chip on his shoulder. And I think Russ should be in the same mentality as well. So I think coming down to this game, it's going to be you know the rotational core. You know who else is going to step up? We know John Wall is going to come to play because he's playing against his former team. Same for Russell. So, you know, we got Boogie. You, know, you still got Eric Gordon playing. You know, Christian Woods. Yeah, I think Christian Wood is out uh, tonight, really? if I'm not mistaken. I did read something earlier from uh, some insiders, but
0: I'm excited for that game, though. I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, something... I just don't. I just don't believe in
1: in Washington's bench. I don't know if they have enough to to withstand. You know, fast-paced scoring on both sides. You know, starting the, the bench, can the bench keep up with Houston's bench? Probably not.
0: So I like Houston tonight. That'll be the question, but yeah. I like Houston tonight. Um Some trade rumors right now. Supposedly J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball, and Derrick Rose are all on the, the market, the trade market right now. And I heard a lot of teams are calling. I know – uh, the Knicks and the Clippers are trying hard to get Derrick Rose. What are you thinking? I mean, Lonzo Ball, I mean, everybody should have known he's going to be on the block when they didn't sign him to a long-term extension.
1: I think, I don't know if I would say I think, but I would like for Rose to go to a contender. J.J. Redick, you know, he's he's been with, you know, a good amount of teams. He's played some quality basketball he has some playoff experience and you know it'd be nice to see him go back to a a contender you know i don't want to see one of these players going to you know a low market team that's not really getting that much exposure like i like seeing teams on the prime time games obviously there's a particular amount of of teams that get those tv schedules but you know like gordon hayward i loved watching him on boston you know he went to charlotte you know how many prime time games are charlotte are they playing, you know? It's kind of got to go out of my way a little more to see those type of players. You know, obviously being a basketball fan, you want to watch as much as you can. But it's just those matchups are a little different, you know, when the teammates aren't, aren't the same. You know, you're used to them having Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, you know, watching Hayward. And now when we're watching Hayward, you know, he's, he's playing
0: with LaMelo Ball. You know? Devontae Graham. Devontae Terry, Graham. Scary Terry. Uh, what, what, Bridges. Yep. So yeah. I mean
1: it's it's fun seeing them play with a different core of players and you know, D Rose. I would I kinda want him to go to like a LA, but you know, it's tough. Uh with the, with their bench over there. So they're gonna find a spot for him. I just hope it's a good market. I'd love to see D Rose in, in Milwaukee or something like that. Nobody wants to see that.
0: <laughs> Get that take out of here, Q. <laughs> I knew I knew you'd hate that part. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> All right, let's uh jump into NFL. Uh, before we talk about the you know the championship game, we can talk about some of these QBs with uncertainty around their job security. I mean, Deshaun Watson's actually requesting a trade. Matt Stafford's requesting a trade. Supposedly Carson Wentz wanted one, but now that there's a new coach, he might stick around. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who just signed a decent contract, he might be kicked to the curb. Uh, Jared Goff's GM is not giving him you know, that satisfaction, like, yeah, you're the starter next year, which is super weird. I mean, even Aaron Aaron Rodgers, which I believe is complete BS. I mean, we know he's going to be a Packer next year, unfortunately. But he got everybody freaking out in the media because he said he doesn't know about his future in Green Bay. Nothing's for sure, which is pretty weird that he said that. But um, you also got Cam Newton, who's probably going to be a free agent. He might not even be on a team unless Washington calls him. Jameis Winston. He might not be on the team unless the Saints really believe he's that guy over Taysom Hill, which I could see that being the case. Dak Prescott hopefully gets that that contract extension from your Cowboys. Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Tua has got his name all in. Sam Darnold, both of those kind of got their names in the mud because of Deshaun wanting a trade. Jimmy G supposedly out. Mitch Trubisky is going to be a free agent. What are you thinking about some of these guys?
1: Wow. I mean, that's just a a solid list of, you know, QBs that you put out there. And obviously all of them can acquire NFL jobs. You know, they're coming from teams already, but it'll be competitive. Like, I don't, I don't know where I would see Deshaun. Like that would be so cool to see him in a market that actually wins. You know, Texans, they've had some talent, but they just really couldn't get it together
0: to make that run. Sounds like his preferred destination is the Jets, and then second spot is the Dolphins. I would love
1: to see him in Miami. I would hate to see him in New York with the Jets, just, you know, granted their previous situation. And, like, Jared Goff, like, you know, they gave him a deal over in L.A. You know, he's not the worst quarterback. Obviously, can you get better? Possibly can you get worse possibly, yeah. <laughs> but you know, just seeing where these guys have the opportunity to go, that, that could be huge for a, an organization. I don't know what market will take, you know, which players, but just the thought of them being somewhere else than, than where they are now is interesting. And also the pieces you put around them as well. So it's, you know, who, who, what wide receivers are they going to get paired up with? You know, can they create a, a better duo than what they previously had? Will they have more success, you know, if they've had any success? So it's, uh, it's, it's all, you know, growing things and just different situations and what will be the best fit for each quarterback.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It's all about your situation. You got to have, I mean, you got to have a great situation to be successful. There's a reason why Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl again with a new team because his his roster is probably a top three talent wise uh, roster in the whole NFL. He's got a coach that's actually letting him call plays, which he never did in New England. So he's always putting himself in what he thinks is the best possible situation for his arm. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's pretty cool to watch Brady have that kind of Peyton Manning type feel this, this late, what's 21st season in the NFL or 20th, 21st, you know, getting to call his own plays and I mean, you, you're seeing it in checkdowns too with like the Scotty Miller touchdown. You know, that kind of really capped off that that second, or first half, and I don't know. I don't know, man. You look at a guy like Jimmy G, if he would have stayed in with the Patriots, with Billy, I'm sure he would have a very, very solid career right now. You know what I mean? If Belichick <laughs> had his way, and he would have traded away Tom Brady, and it was Jimmy G waiting in the wings, I think he'd be killing it right now. Do I think he'd be... Goat talk? Probably not. But do I think they'd still be winning 10 to 12 games a year? Probably yes. I mean...
1: That is a very what-if type of question. You know, we always have those type of questions, like what if this scenario happened? And it's crazy because I completely forgot about Jimmy G even being a part of that team. That's, (laughs) That's where he came from. That's exactly it. And, you know, how the situations or tables turn, like one decision from a coaching staff can really determine,
0: you know, the future of a player. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you look at Mitch Trubisky, you know, he did start playing well in the back end of the season, but at the same time, it's Mitch Trubisky. You know what I mean? He, he had talent around him. He was still junk. Just because he gave you a couple good games does not mean he's not junk. You're just polishing a turd and trying not to call it shit. It's shit.
1: Yeah, and before we leave uh, Trubisky, just like another one of those what-if questions, what if the Bears would have drafted Pat Mahomes instead of Trubisky? And it's like, all right, now we take away this entire situation that we're in now with the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl because – if the Chiefs did not have Pat Mahomes, they would not have in the Super Bowl. Facts, And we would have an entirely different outcome today. So it's like the what-if question is huge in sports. You know, obviously injuries can play a factor into those categories as well. And, you know, what if this person could have stayed healthy or so-and-so? And the what-if question will always remain.
0: Well, let's do another what-if, a what-if that I want to see. I know everybody was all over the Wentz to the Colts because Frank Wright, you know, he has a connection. He used to be in Philly with Wentz when Wentz had his MVP-type season when he blew out his ACL with, I think, two games left. But let's see Matty Stafford end up with the Colts. And I think Philip Rivers like and you you heard me before this even happened before we knew Philip was retiring I was very high on the Colts because I think they had a really good defense and they could run the ball and I think those teams usually do very well in the playoffs. I think they shot themselves in the foot and lost to a team that they shouldn't have lost to. I do not think the Bills were very good. But if you add in Matt Stafford, I definitely think that's an upgrade over Philip Rivers.
1: I I would I would agree just from, you know, I guess Stafford he Stafford didn't have bad numbers it's, it's just you know in those type of games one their defense would never win you know quality games against elite teams and like he would get them down in position to you know have a chance to be in the game but like they lose a lot of close games and yeah. if he was positioned around a different you know unit of players particularly better you know defensively. Also, offensively for his weapons, he would probably be in a situation similar to what the Colts were in this year: playoffs.
0: If he goes to the Colts, he'll be the best offensive line he's ever had, which Certainly. I think that alone will be huge a game changer for him. You know, as a quarterback, especially getting older, it game changer. If if I'm any quarterback in the NFL right now, including your you know favorite Dak Prescott. I'm trying to leave whatever situation I'm in to go to the Colts. That's exactly where I want to go. Yeah.
1: And then it's an open spot as well. Like, I mean, does Brissett automatically, you know, become the number one? Obviously, because he's the next on the roster. But if they make a free his contracts group, up,
0: though, his contracts up, though, I mean, I would resign and yeah. give him a shot. But if I'm also the Patriots, I'd be going all in on Jacoby to try to bring him in there because he already knows the system.
1: Yep. So, I mean, there's options. Um, it really just makes a difference on on comfort, on fit, seeing he knows the system that makes him one,
0: one step more qualified. The other low-key signing that just happened, Dwayne Haskins got cut towards the end of the season. He just signed a, a, <laughs> minim, a minimum deal with the Steelers, no guarantees. But, I mean, to sit behind Ben Roethlisberger for a season, learn the ropes, learn the system – for that kind of play that he has, he actually kind of plays pretty similar to Big Ben. I mean, if he gets to stay there long-term, it'd probably be a very good situation for him.
1: Yeah, he would fit right in, you know. Also, he would still have some some solid pieces to work with as well. So, yeah, why not take the learning experience kind of similar to what Jameis Winston did? You know, I'm sure he knew he wasn't going to play over Drew Brees in New Orleans, but you know, you get that year to see someone in their, not necessarily prime, but they're still, you know, elite. They're still good. Mm-hmm. They still still win ball games. They still put up solid numbers. And obviously Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. So you get to learn from someone like that, and you know, kind of grasp onto that experience. And you can use it in your own, you know, skills after that. He's still pretty young.
0: Oh, he's a young kid. I, I... I don't know. I, I, I don't want to wish bad on anybody. There's just some people you know, like, oh, he's got it, or no, he doesn't have it. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins has it. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that. I just don't know if he has it. You know what I mean? That little bit that gets you over the edge. I don't know if he's got it. It sounds like this guy likes to go to the strip club. He's got that <laughs> James, James Harden-type personality, but he doesn't put up James Harden-type numbers. That's a problem. James Harden clearly can still handle the workload and give you the production needed when he's going out to party. Dwayne Haskins, it does not look like you are capable of doing that. So maybe you want to reel it in during season. Maybe in the offseason you want to go have some fun. But during the season, maybe you don't go get the titty glitter all over your face and get caught without a mask on.
1: Yeah, that's a, a very bad situation for a young quarterback to – to put himself in you know everyone makes mistakes hopefully he's learned from that mistake and just just kind of knows that he he has to do better if he wants you know an opportunity
0: to stay in you know the league very true well let's let's jump into that recap i already rubbed your nose in the packers losing to the bucks uh the chiefs stomped the bills i was two for two last week felt good the week before i did not do as well i was Two for four, so it felt good to get a, you know, a round where I was a hundred percent right. What about you, Q? Yeah,
1: so uh, this week I was not a hundred percent. I was fifty. Um, obviously, knew the Chiefs were going to, you know, to take care of the the Bills at home. You know, it, they started out rough. I was concerned about that, but we've seen Mahomes in this situation before, being down ten points. That is nothing. If the defense can get one stop. They're, they're right back in the game just because you give up those nine points. Obviously, they have to kick the ball back to you. They're going to score yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to stop them, you know, consecutively too many times in a row. They're going to score. They're going to move the ball. And once they get that seven, the defense is going to wake up a little more. And, you know, they're going to get the stops. And all of a sudden, they're going to put up another seven on you. And all of a sudden, you're losing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so that was the situation that happened. So it was, you know, it wasn't really a panic moment just because it's the Chiefs. You know, if it's any other team, if it's my Cowboys, we get down 9-0. zero. I'm like, oh yeah, we're we're done. You know, <laughs> we might as well change the channel. But we knew that we knew the Chiefs would come back and win. As far as the the Packers, I was riding on the Packers. We did not get it done. Obviously, Brady prevails again.
0: Ten Super Bowls. Goddamn! Does he prevail this 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 Super Bowl though? Does he he's a home field advantage? Does he so, win it at home? First quarterback ever to you know, or first team, first home team to host the Super Bowl? Does he win it?
1: I don't know, man. That's this this is tough. It's, What's the score. line? At three and a half, Chiefs. To the Chiefs. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like the Chiefs, like money line, just because I feel like they'll win. I don't. See, that's the thing. Like, you don't know what defense is going to wake up. One or the other has to. Like, this isn't going to be a game one on offense. It's going to be one on defense. They both can score at an elite level. They've proven that. But who can get stops when it matters the
0: most? That's the I, thing. I do think the Bucks defense is a better defense. They get Vita I, Villa I, back, who is unbelievable. I, and they're going to have both their starting safeties back, too. Field and then Underwood.
1: I agree. I think the Bucks do have the better defense, but then again, I I think the Chiefs have the better offense. So it's like, By you fuck. know, who's gonna win that battle? You know, through those sixty minutes. So this will probably be one of the you know most anticipated Super Bowls that I've you know witnessed in a while. So I, I know I'm gonna be locked in.
0: And we're going to have some fun. Here's my hot take. If Tom Brady's deep ball is accurate, I think the Bucks win. You know, if, if Antonio Brown comes back, he's healthy. He's playing, supposedly, you know. So, I mean, that's a huge step in the right direction. But all season long that they've had him, they have not been connecting deep. And that guy is open almost every play. If he can hit one or two of those in the game, I think that'll be the X factor. I mean, that Scotty Miller bomb that he had, that's like the first one we've really seen him connect on perfectly all season. But, I mean, it's the right time to click. Obviously, in the playoffs to get your offense to click, that's the right time. But can you do yeah. it in the Super Bowl? That
1: is true. You know, we, we definitely know him to make big plays in big moments. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few of those come Super Bowl time. And, you know, Antonio Brown, he's going to – you know, have have his catches. Mike Evans is going to be, you know, a monster as usual. And I wasn't surprised when I saw it, you know, them attacking early on Green Bay. You know, once I saw that third down, the first third down, and Mike Evans just kind of hit that fade route one-on-one, I, I knew they were in for a long night. Like, there's no way you're going to single cover him in space. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's going to happen. You know, how many times will it happen is the question, and does Kansas City do a good job of containing it? That's that's what we'll see. You know, obviously, defensive line, if they can bring pressure and kind of force those passes out sooner or, or get some sacks, that
0: is what makes the difference. I completely agree. Well, man, I'm excited to watch it. We had a good episode, and I'll talk to you again next week. All right, my man, I'll do these push-ups for you. <laughs>